Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's your host Corey, and today we're going to explore one of the key reasons why so many of us feel overwhelmed, overworked, tired, off balance, because I cannot be the only one. (laughs) I cannot be the only one in the history of humankind who is feeling that way right now. So raise your hand if you feel like you are doing too much. If your to-do list always feels too long or you have too many things in your life that require your attention and there's always more and more coming your way. It just feels like a never-ending flow of things to do. At least that's certainly true for me and it's not a question of organization. My mess is organized. (laughs) I have to-do lists for this and to-do lists for that. I have a physical agenda like one that you actually write in. And then I also have an online calendar that helps me keep organized. So organization is not where I'm getting stuck. My problem is that my life seems to always be filling up with things to do. It never ends. And I'm just exhausted, always trying to stay on top of things. Now, there are many layers to this issue, and I do mean many. So I'm going to try to break it down the best I can without making this a two-hour special. (laughs) which I could easily do to devote to this topic, but if there's something that you wish that I had said more about or you want to follow up a question, I just want to remind you that if you're listening to this, you can always email me your questions, or if you're on YouTube, you can use the comment section, of course. So that said, let's get into it. Busyness. What is up with all of this busyness? Again, there are layers to it. There's the cultural layer, which where, at least in America, productivity and progress are practically worshipped. I can't tell you how many times someone has tried to sell me something promising that I would be more productive as a person if I just bought this product, this book took this course. Even though I'm already the person that my friends say to me, like, I don't know how you get everything done, I'm already doing more than most human beings should be doing. (laughs) But there's still a part of me that's like, "Ah, maybe I could get a little bit more in. It's so programmed into us from a cultural perspective that if you're not busy, if you're not getting things done, like what are you even doing with your life? And in addition to this cultural worship of productivity and busyness, there's also an inequality aspect. Some of us simply have more demands on our energy, on our resources, on our time. If you've got kids, if you've got a house or a job, maybe you also have a side hustle in addition to your job because your job doesn't pay you enough. Or maybe you have aging parents or you've got pets or you have friends, maybe even one of your friends who are going through something major like cancer or a divorce. There is so much going on in our career, social, familial areas of our lives that to one degree or another, our time just gets sucked up really easily. And this is a core reason why so many of us feel out of balance because we spend a lot of our time doing things and not enough time 
being. And before you think, forget you, Corey, I do have the kids and the bills and the side hustle. I'm doing all of the things because I have to. Before you get angry with me, stay with me. I'm not saying that you have to fake your death and sail off on a boat into the sunset just so that you can have more time. And I'm certainly not telling you to give up your kids or to end your marriage. And I'm absolutely not going to sell you a productivity book or course. <laughs> I don't have any of that. But I am going to suggest something radical, which is to do less and be more. But please let me explain myself and what I mean by that. When I say do less, you probably think that I mean remove things from your to-do list. And sure, why not? If you can, stop saying yes to so many demands on your time. If you can, rearrange your schedule somehow to be less committed to things, especially things that you don't really want to be doing. I don't know how many women in my life keep saying yes to things that they don't want to really do because they feel pressured to do it. If that's an issue for you, absolutely. Please address it. Please stop giving away your time. Please respect your time as a precious commodity because it is. And don't just give it away to everyone who asks for it. <laughs> There's that. But what I'm actually talking about when I say do less and be more, I'm referring to a way of existing. Because there are usually two ways in which I exist in my life. And I'm not talking some kind of metaphysical, spiritual way, like the way I exist in the universe. <laughs> I just mean that there's two ways that I usually go through my life. The first way is doing. And this form of existence usually is endless with to-do lists. It involves me always planning, always strategizing, always multitasking, always thinking about the order in which I need to do things, what I need to do, who I need to talk to. And my mind is probably racing with things like, after I do this, I'm going to do this, and then I'll do this. It's always problem solving, always trying to anticipate issues or problems that might come up at each stage of my forward movement. And this could be because, at least according to Clifton Strengths, which is not owned by me, it's owned by, I guess, the Clifton Foundation, I'm not even sure. But it's a personality test if you want to indulge in another personality test, if you're one of those people. My top strengths are strategic, futuristic, and achievement. And let me just tell you that that is the perfect cocktail for a planner, strategizer who is doing things in her life. <laughs> so that could just be my personality. It could just be I am someone who is very focused on the horizon of getting from point A to B. And I can definitely tell you that personality tests aside, because who knows if any of those things even mean anything. I have meditated enough and looked at my thoughts and my mind enough to tell you with 100% certainty that my brain only ever wants to solve problems <laughs> and develop courses of action. Because there have been many, many, many of my meditation sessions that I have spent sitting and watching my thoughts for 30 minutes and all I'm doing is seeing myself try to organize my to-dos, thinking through the order of operations, the order in which I want to do things, solving problems, working it out. I'm 100% fixated on this, and it wears me out. Frankly, I'm exhausted. I am exhausted of myself, <laughs> always thinking. And that's what I mean by a way of existing, of being. It's a mental perspective. It's a mental way of viewing the world, of interacting with the world. And it's a way of living and approaching life, so it might help to think of it more as a habit. I habitually try to problem-solve my existence, would be another way to say it. And that habit can be formed for so many different reasons. It could be cultural pressure, it could be the demands of our lives, or it could be your personality. 
could be your upbringing. It could just be the culture of your family in particular, the circumstances. So for example, I had a very volatile upbringing. So there was always a problem to be solved. (laughs) And there was always safety, my own personal safety to consider and how was I going to keep myself safe. So it could also just be upbringing conditioning, but whatever it is, my default tends to be doing. I'm using the air quotes again, can't see them, but doing. And generally, doing refers to actions, tasks, behaviors, things that we engage in to achieve specific goals or outcomes. And that could be physical things that you're doing, or it could be mental activities, kind of what I was describing in the meditation situation. Working, studying, creating something, pursuing your hobbies, uh, external achievements, productivity, anything where you're focused on tangible results or progress, all of that falls under the umbrella of doing. So if doing is a state of mind, if it's habitual, if it's what's overwhelming us and stressing us out and keeping our minds racing, then what's the opposite of that? Like, What can we balance it out with? And the other option for existing, another way to exist, is to simply be. And when I say being, I'm referring to the state of existence where you are essentially just resting in who you are. Independent of your actions, independent of your achievements, it is more of a soft focus on contemplation, on your inner self, on your emotions. It's being connected to your self-awareness, to mindfulness to your sense of fulfillment, your sense of joy. It does involve an acknowledgement of your present experience. So there's a connection to the outside world. It's not like you're just floating internally like, woo, (laughs) wouldn't that be lovely? It's not like that. There is a connection to the outside world and an understanding of your place in the world, but it's not hyper-focused on the end result. I think so many of us are hyper-focused on the results, like where we're going, how we're going to get there, how will we get that done. But again, still being might be this really unclear, nebulous idea for you. So what does it look like in daily life? In your daily life, being could look like stopping what you're doing, taking a breath, checking in with yourself. Maybe you were washing dishes and you were thinking about all the things that you need to do after you finish washing the dishes. You got to pick up the kids or you need to do this. You need to get a shower in real quick. Maybe your mind was very focused on the next thing instead of focusing on where you are right now. And so checking in or being present, being would have been like as you're washing dishes, you kind of stop with the mind racing and you start paying attention to where you are. Like you're at the sink, you can see a cardinal out the window, you can feel the warmth of the water through your rubber gloves, for example, or maybe you wash with bare hands. This image is going to fall apart if I get too uh, fixated (laughs) on what it looks like. We have rubber gloves at our sink, so we have rubber gloves on if we're ever doing dishes. And so that kind of being present in the moment, whatever that looks like for you, but it's checking into what's happening. It could also look like doing more things that you love. So cuddling your dog or making something. I always feel very present when I'm doing any kind of art, whether that's like doodling or drawing or painting. It can also look like resting or reading a book. It can look like spending time outside or getting fresh air or looking up at the sky, or it can look like taking walks in nature. 
anything that has you just in the moment. You're not trying to get anywhere. You're not trying to finish anything. You're not trying to do anything. You're just wherever you are. And if you're in that moment, it's easier for you to connect with a sense of presence, with a sense of gratitude, and with your joy because your joy lives in the present moment. And I think I've talked about that in a previous episode as well. So please go listen to my episode on joy if that's something you want to hear more about. But I just want to be clear that for those of us who are not able, at least not immediately, to clear our schedule of all cumbersome tasks, that being is the way that you do things more than the task itself. So it's not a critique like, oh, you just need to empty your schedule and you need to build in these huge blocks of time where you're not doing anything, you're just existing. (laughs) That can seem absolutely impossible for a lot of people, right? That's just not achievable. So what I'm suggesting instead as a midway point to build in these more present moments is to bring the sense of being into the task that you're doing. So for example, let's look at my evening walks. Every night, unless it's pouring rain, of course, I go on a three-mile walk. It's a mile and a half to the marsh near my house, and it's a mile and a half back home. So that's three miles in total. So if I was doing this walk, if my mode of existence at that moment was doing my walk, it would be very much focused on the end result. Like, I got to get through this walk. I would be booking it. I would probably be marching as fast as I could. And maybe I would probably have a goal attached, like, oh, I need to keep my heart rate above 140 or something like that. Like, there would be an objective in mind. I would probably have a podcast blaring in my ears, something related to business models or marketing. Basically, work. I would be working (laughs) as I'm marching because It wouldn't be something for pleasure or something lovely. It would just be work in my ears telling me how to shape up, how to get my business in line, how to get my life straight, right? I wouldn't be looking around at the beautiful sunset or the autumn leaves. I wouldn't be checking out the birds in the sky or thinking about how lovely, crisp, cool evening it is. I would just be seeing how quick I can get to the marsh, how quick I can turn back and get home so that I can get to the next thing on my to-do list. My eyes would probably be down on the pavement or on my shoes. And so I'd be very focused on the end result, the objectives, which is just, I want to get this walk done so I can mark it off the list. There would be nothing about enjoying the walk itself, nothing about the beauty of the moment, or just enjoying my life or enjoying the fact that I can walk, that I'm blessed to be able to take these walks in the evening that I like so much. Instead, I would be very much wrapped up in the thinking and the planning. I'd be completely checked out of the present moment. And my focal point instead would be on the end result, on getting back home so that I could get to my to-do list and I could scratch walk off the list. (laughs) Like, did I walk today? Scratch. Yes, I did. Now, let's look at the same evening walk, but from a perspective of being. And it probably would look like no earbuds, or if I am listening to something in my ears, it's probably something that I want to listen to, like a book or some really nice music or whatever makes me happy. Or if I'm not listening to anything, it'd be the birds or the nature. I'd just be checking out what's around me. Or maybe I could even be paying attention to my breath, because I definitely do some walking meditations sometimes where I'm checking in with my body, so I could just be listening to my breath while I'm walking. I could be paying attention to the way my body feels when it shifts. I would not be rushing. I would not be in a hurry to get back. I wouldn't just be thinking, oh, I need to get this walk done so that I can get on to the next thing. I've got so many things to do after that. I wouldn't be pressed. I wouldn't be trying to get through what I'm doing. I would just be in the moment with it. I'd be taking my time. When I got to the marsh 
and I saw the cranes and the swans and the geese, I wouldn't be like, stop looking at the birds, hurry up and get home. (laughs) You know, I'd be hopefully marveling at how beautiful they are, how cool it is that they live so close to my house, how awesome it is I get to walk over here and look at them, how beautiful they look with the autumn trees behind them because the marshes in front of these trees, they've got basically like a semicircle around the marsh of trees. And so the trees themselves are changing this time of year. I don't know when you'll be listening to this episode, but right now as I'm recording it, it's October in Michigan. So the leaves are changing. They're all turning into very beautiful red and gold and orange colors, and so it looks very nice. It's reflected off the water. It's just very beautiful. But I wouldn't be enjoying that if I was trying to get home, right? So in this being example, I would be taking the time to appreciate how gorgeous it is, how lucky I am that this is close to my house, how lucky I am that I get to see this, that of all the marshes that the swans could live in, that they picked mine. (laughs) And so now I get to see them grow up. I might be feeling really grateful that my back wasn't hurting too much today so that I was able to take that walk. And I would just be very much in the present moment, enjoying the beauty of it. And it would not be about how quickly I can get home and get on to the next thing or what else I could scratch off that list. And I want to be clear that I'm not saying that one way or the other is bad or wrong. I certainly do my walks both ways, (laughs) for better or worse. I've taken leisurely walks in which I'm very grateful and joyful and I love what's happening and I'm very present and everything's gorgeous and I've definitely taken walks where I'm just thinking oh I just need to get these steps in and I need to get back to my desk because I've got 5,000 things piled up both have been true one is definitely more exhausting and less joyful than the other and over time that adds up until you know the weeks and months and years have gone by and it's like what's even happened like am I even experiencing my life at all I feel like it's just flying past me So not saying it's bad or wrong. Either way, it's very human. I'm only suggesting that we find a balance between doing and being. Even if we're in motion, we can take a break in those busy moments to check in and be more mindful and be more present. We can balance all the actions that we're doing with rest and with contemplation, with mindfulness, with being present in our lives. Because again, our lives are going to pass us by so fast. And if we're not here in these moments, what does it all add up to? What does it really matter if we scratch one more thing off the to-do list? And this is a chronic to-do list maker and scratcher offer here telling you this. (laughs) But it's true. Like, I can't even remember the kind of to-do lists I was making a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. So what does it even matter? These moments in our lives that we have now, they're precious and they're never coming back. And it feels like a waste or it feels at least like a shame that we would just let them pass us by and we don't even enjoy them a little bit. And from a more practical standpoint, It's just very exhausting to always be doing. It's very exhausting. It's very overwhelming to always be overworked, over-focused on the end result. And so if you are feeling very exhausted, overwhelmed, overworked, it would be a lot easier to find joy and gratitude in your day if you had space to do so. So look around and ask yourself if it's all just doing, doing, doing in your life. Are you just doing one thing after another? There's no breaks, no pauses for you. Or have you built being into your days? And if you haven't, again, don't beat yourself up about that. But start looking at where maybe you can add these moments of mindfulness and presence and contemplation. And again, yes, if you can call your to-do list and stop giving away your energy to people who don't deserve it or tasks that don't deserve it, absolutely do that. But if you can't, if you just have the amount of responsibilities that you have, 
you can still find ways to build being into those tasks. You are a human being, not a human doing. (laughs) Remember that. And that's it for today, dear human. As always, I hope you found this episode useful. And if you would like to write into the show today and ask for my thoughts on something that you're dealing with, I would love to hear from you. You can contact me through any of my social media or through email, corey at coryamshrum.com. Otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.